welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So this morning what we're going to do is I'm going to tell a fairy tale that is a little obscure for some of you. Maybe you've never heard this one. And out of it, we're going to teach some lessons to our graduates. But that does not let you off the hook. Because the same lessons that I'm going to teach our graduates are lessons that many of us have still not learned. Even though we should have learned them a long time ago, we still have not learned them. So here's the fairy tales. Let's see if maybe you uh, can pick this one up. Some of you may have never heard this one before. It goes like this. Once upon a time, they all, all the good ones start like that, right? Once upon a time, a poor miller had a beautiful daughter. And one day, having to go speak with the king, he said, in order to make himself seem more important, that he had a daughter who could spin straw into gold. The king was very fond of gold and thought to himself, that is an art which would make me very happy. And so he said to the miller, if your daughter is so very clever, bring her to the castle in the morning and I will check and see if she is really as useful as you say. And as soon as she arrived, the king led her into a chamber which was full of straw and giving her a wheel and a reel, he said, now set yourself to work and if you have not spun this straw into gold by an early hour tomorrow, you must die. And with these words, he shut the room door and left the young girl alone. There she sat for a long time, thinking how to save her life, for she didn't know how straw might be spun into gold. And her worry increased more and more, till at last she began to cry. And all at once, the door opened, and in stepped a little man who said, Good evening, fair maiden. Why do you weep so much? Oh, she replied, I must spin this straw into gold, and I am not sure I know how. The little man asked, What will you give me if I spin it for you? My necklace, said the maiden. And the dwarf took it and placed himself in front of the wheel, and whir, 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 three times round, and the bobbin was full. Then he set up another, and whir, 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 three times round again, and a second bobbin was full. And so he went all night long until all the straw was spun, and the bobbins were full of gold. At sunrise, the king came, very much astonished to see the gold, the sight of which gladdened him, but did not make his heart less greedy. And he, ca he caused the maiden to be led into another room, still larger, full of straw, and then he told her to spin it into gold during the night if she valued her life. And the dwarf showed up again, and this time, in exchange for her ring, he spins the room full of gold. So once again, the king places her in a larger room with more straw, and he tells her to repeat the feat, this you must spend during the night, but if you accomplish it, you shall be my bride. For he thought to himself, a richer wife you cannot have in all the world. And when the maiden was left alone, the dwarf again appeared and asked for the third time, what will you give me to do this for you? I have nothing left that I can give you, the maiden said. Then promise me your firstborn child if you become queen, said he. And the miller's daughter thought, who can tell that this will ever happen? And not knowing how else to help herself out of the trouble, she promised the, the dwarf what he desired. And he immediately set about and finished the spinning. And when morning came, the king found all he had wished for done. And he celebrated his wedding. And the miller's fair daughter became queen. And about a year after the marriage, when she had ceased to think about the little dwarf, she brought a fine child into the world. And suddenly... Soon after his birth, the very man appeared 
and demanded what she had promised. The frightened queen offered him all the riches of the kingdom if he would leave her her child, but the dwarf answered, no, something human is dearer to me than all the wealth of this world. So the queen began to weep and groan so much that the dwarf pitied her and said, I will leave you for three days and give you time to consider. If you in that time discover my name, you shall keep your child. For the next two days, she asked everyone she could think of, and each day she would attempt to guess his name by naming very odd names, every odd name she could think of, like Casper and uh, Melchior and Bathasar. Uh, I don't know how she thought of that one. This one's even stranger. She asked him, is your name Ribs of Beef? I like that one. By the uh, Another one she asked, is your name Sheepshank? No. How about Whalebone? And each time he laughed and he said no. On the third day, she sent a messenger out, and he came back, and he said, I've gone through the entire kingdom, and I couldn't find anyone but I, 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 uh, that knew the name, but I was coming through the mountain pass near the edge of the forest where foxes and hares say goodnight to each other, and I saw a little house, and before the door, a fire was burning, and around this fire, a very curious little man was dancing on one leg, leg and shouting, Today I stew, and then I'll bake. Tomorrow I shall the queen's child take. Oh, how famous it is that nobody knows that my name is Rumpelstiltskin, right? When, he, when the queen hears this, she is very glad, for now she knew the name. And soon after, the dwarf came and asked, now, my lady queen, what is my name? And first she said, are you Conrad? He said, no. He, she said, are you Hal? No. And then she said, are you called Rumpelstiltskin? A witch has told you. A witch has told you, shrieked the little man. And he slammed his right foot so hard in the ground with rage that he could not pull it out again. Then he took hold of his left leg with both his hands and pulled away so hard that his right leg came off in the struggle. And he hopped away howling terribly. And from that day to this, the queen has heard no more of her troublesome visitor. And then I wanted to add this line to see how sharp a crowd I have. I, I think from that day forward, he was known as Rumpel. Tilt skin. Okay, that was that's too soon. All right, all right. So that was bad. All right. So I could teach you a lot of lessons out of this uh, fairy tale that m many of us learned as children. I could talk to you about pride. I could talk to you about the fact that this this uh, Miller wanted to be something he wasn't and appear better than he was, and so there was this pride issue. I could talk to you about the power of words because out out of this attempt to make himself look better through the power of his words, he imprisons his own daughter. Good lessons to teach our graduates, certainly good lessons for all of us to learn as well. But there are two lessons that I think are the most important lessons and the major lessons that I want to, to mention. I think it is extremely important for us to note in this fairy tale that the miller's daughter was placed in a difficult situation. Her life was at stake, so she makes an exchange. I want you to remember that phrase right there. She makes an exchange. She does it the first time for her necklace, the second time for a ring. Then the third time, she does it for the love of her life, her firstborn, and she's making this exchange. And I think the first and critical lesson that we need to learn out of this fairy tale is this, is that life is a series of exchanges. That's what life is all about. Nothing is, nothing is gained for free. I just need to give, I know those of you that have already graduated and paid for it already recognize this. There is nothing in life that's free. 
Everything comes with a price tag. There is a cost for everything. And it may not carry a dollar sign. A lot of the things that we want in life don't carry a price tag with a dollar sign on it. But there is a price you pay for everything you gain in life. It is a series of exchanges. For everything you gain in life, you are giving away something. You are giving away your time. You're giving away your energy. You're giving away your emotions. You're giving away your strength. And yes, sometimes you even give away your wealth. But it is a, it is a decision you make to, to, to exchange those things for what you're trying to gain. Life is a series of exchanges. The dilemma that we face this morning that, that uh, those that stood up... Uh, certainly uh, face is that uh, especially the younger folks in the crowd they feel invincible I always have what I have now I always be as strong as I am right now I will always have the time that I have right now but what we've discovered is that as a part of this exchange system we learn this your supply is always diminishing always you need to understand that nothing is free, so you should spend and exchange wisely. I also want you to note this out of this account, and, and, and I think this is an important lesson, and that is this. As time goes by, the stakes increase. Okay, so somebody help me this morning. Have you discovered that what may not cost you so much when you're 18 could wreck you when you're 38? If you want to spend all your time playing video games when you're 18, at 42, if you're still in your mama's basement playing video games all day, it can wreck your life. Am I right? So, so what costs you at, at one level at 18 will cost you much more at 38 because the stakes are always increasing because your supply is always diminishing. And so life is this series of exchanges that we need to, to take account of and take. Uh, we should recognize that there's this exchange happening and I'm giving things away to get these other things in exchange. The second lesson, which is probably the most important lesson, is this, and it ties together, and that is this. Tomorrow must be considered today. I, I noticed in this account, this, uh, this fairy tale, that the miller took no thought about tomorrow. He made a choice today with no real thought about what might happen tomorrow. You see it repeated in the life of his daughter. She learns from him, and she does the same exact thing. She was trapped by the lie that her father told, and now she also becomes trapped by decisions that she makes today, the exchanges that she makes today. She gave up her future for momentary relief. That's what she does. Her, she, she, the choice for relief today almost cost her her firstborn tomorrow. I want to say something to you that you need to get uh, down into you, whether you're graduating or not, doesn't really matter. We've got to come to grips with this, and I'll explain the why here in just a second. But we need to understand that today's choices will give birth to tomorrow's triumphs or tomorrow's troubles. This and this is what determines which way that goes. The choices we make today will either lead to triumphs tomorrow or trouble tomorrow. And this is what makes the determination. Here it is right here. You, that is determined by whether or not you consider the consequences before you have to experience the consequences. Did you catch that? I want to say that again. Whether you have triumph tomorrow or trouble tomorrow is completely determined by whether or not you consider the consequences of your choice before you have to experience the consequences of your choice. 
See, I, I wish I could stand here this morning and say that only graduates need to learn that lesson, but that's not true. They do need to learn the lesson, by the way. Uh, in, in fact, what I would say to you this, this morning is uh, the, the wise among us learn this lesson early, but the rest of us, we tend to struggle a little bit. I'm not saying we're the slow folks in class, but, but some of us struggle a little longer to get this. I wished it was just the graduates needed to learn the lesson I just shared with you. But, but from my own experiences and what we've encountered after being together for 12 years, and even uh, before that uh, in, in my other roles, can I tell you that I have watched people that graduated a long time ago that still struggle with this lesson. I have, I have literally watched men throw uh, years and years of, of family away for the thrill of the hunt, only to wake up five years later and recognize that everywhere they've stepped in the last five years has left a path of destruction behind them. And they weep and they moan and they cry, but the damage has been done. All in the thrill of the hunt. I, I've watched uh, women and ladies uh, who have wrapped up their own worth in what Hollywood says is acceptable, and I've watched them destroy themselves and deal with low self-esteem, or maybe they wrap it up in, their identity is wrapped up in a man, and so when the man goes away, they no longer know who they are, and their life is ruined. They don't understand that the choices they make today will impact them tomorrow. I, I have watched I have watched parents make decisions today that their kids will feel for decades to come, long after they're gone. I've watched parents do that. I've watched purchases made that bring less than 24 hours of pleasure, but they bring decades of financial stress into the life of a family. I've watched it over and over and over again simply because we have not learned that the decisions we make today has implications for our life tomorrow. I want to tell you this morning that that, uh, prisons are full of people that didn't know that lesson. I want to tell you this morning that hospitals are full of people that didn't understand that lesson. I need to tell you that morgues are full of people that didn't learn that lesson. Rehab centers are full of people that didn't learn that lesson. They made choices. Choices made in the moment with little to no thought given to long-term fallout. And the result is that our child, our destiny, our future, our promise is placed in jeopardy. Long-term peace sacrificed for this moment. We, way too often out of dep- desperation, we, we have this desperation to get out of passing pain. And we make decisions and choices that then lead us to permanent pain. That's a silly exchange made by people that don't know this lesson. Uh, Scripture says it uh, like this. It says says that weeping endures for a night. In other words, a way to paraphrase that is that, that we will only cry over this issue that we're faced with right now just momentarily. But can I tell you this morning, can I just help you this morning? Graduates, listen to me. Adults, listen to me. Listen to me. Uh, Regardless of how long you've been on this planet, listen to me. Can I tell you that although Scripture says that weeping will only endure for a night, can I also tell you that weeping can become a permanent situation based on whether or not you make the right decisions in the moment when you first started crying? That's how it's turned the wrong way, by the decisions that we make to avoid temporary tears. 
our own desire for comfort can become deadly. I have told you on countless uh, opportunities in the past when I've had to talk to the opportunity to talk to you, I've made this statement to you that our Father is more, He is more committed to our character than He is to our comfort. And out of that, I need you to understand that if that is true, which I believe it is, that also means, that's an indicator, that's, that should be a revelation to us, that there are going to be difficult moments in life that are in, intentionally placed in our path to develop us. And they're not fun. And they're not enjoyable. I, I can still remember, he's not here so I can talk about him. He's preaching a revival so, so uh, I, I can talk about my dad. I can still remember occasions when my dad would uh, uh, play Zorro. That's this thing right here when it comes off and it goes. You remember that? I, I deserved everyone and probably more than I got. But can I tell you, I didn't enjoy them. I don't ever remember now when, well, I'm about to get really in trouble. When mama spanked me, it didn't bother me too bad because she couldn't hit me hard enough, right? And so I just, I wouldn't laugh because I laughed one time and then daddy made sure when he got home I didn't laugh when mama spanked me anymore. So, so hers weren't too bad, but dad could bring the, he could bring the thunder, right? He was bringing the thunder before there was a thunder. I mean, you know, but, and I hated it. I didn't enjoy it, but it was necessary. And too many of us intentionally bypass and go around and try to escape discipline and development. And so we, we want out of the weeping. And in doing so, we jeopardize our entire future because we want comfort today. Uh, listen, I need you to understand. You will, all of us are faced Every day with choices that have more than 24-hour implications. Who you spend your time with, how you spend your time, what you spend your resources on will come back at some point and bear fruit. It's all an exchange. It's sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. It's scripture, sowing and reaping. We plant and then we harvest. Sometimes the harvest takes longer to get here. But the truth is, is when you plant, there's always going to be a harvest, so you have to make the right choices. You say, well, that's just a fairy tale. That, that's not scripture. That's just this fairy tale you learned when you were a kid about some guy with a weird name. Well, let me show you. Genesis chapter 25. The same exact tale. Genesis chapter 25, beginning in verse 29 down through verse 34. One day... It ought to say once upon a time, but this really happened, so it's not a fairy tale. One day, Jacob was cooking a stew, and Esau came in from the field, starved. By the way, probably not, but he was really hungry. In fact, I, I, made, it, I made a covenant with myself about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago that I would never come in anywhere and say, I'm starved. I'm starving. No, I'm not. I've met folks that are starving, and I'm not one of them, Right? Okay, so anyway, that's a side message. Uh, Esau came in from the field, starved, and Esau said to Jacob, Give me some of the red stew. I'm starved. That's how he came to be called Edom, which means red. Jacob said, Make me a trade, my stew for your rights as the firstborn. And Esau said, I'm starving. What good is a birthright if I'm dead? And Jacob said, First swear to me. And he did it. 
On oath, Esau traded away his right as the firstborn, and Jacob gave him bread and the stew of lentils. He ate, he drank, he got up and left. And that's how Esau shrugged off his right as the firstborn. I want you to see what happens just briefly. You know what happens. Esau exchanges his birthright for a happy meal. Uh, there, there's no thought given to the cost of this exchange. I want you to notice what, what happens. He's got a full belly but an empty tomorrow. He, he is so driven and consumed and controlled by the urges and the desires of the, I need this now. i got to have this car right now. I, it doesn't matter that I'm not going to be able to make the payments in eight months. i got to have this car right now. i got to have this pair of jeans. Everybody else has got this pair of jeans. And yeah, I, I won't even be able to feed my own kids, and my wife's going to look at me like I'm crazy, but I would look good in that pair of jeans. So I'm going to go buy I gotta have the latest cell phone, even though the one I've got works. Like, like, like it actually makes calls, the GPS works, I get all the texts that I, in fact, I'm tired of looking at texts, but I will go ransom my own family and the lights get turned off at my house so that I can have the latest iPhone 62468 Model X. <laughs> it's ridiculous, y'all. Full belly empty tomorrow. This is what he gave up. The birthright meant that after the father died or in the father's absence that Esau would assume the father's authority and responsibility. Think about that. All for a bowl of beans. He became the priest of the family. He gave that up for a bowl of beans. Not only that, he, when he assumes the leadership role in the family, he, the, the recipient of the birthright inherited twice as much as any other son. Think about that one moment. His father was extremely wealthy. You go read the story for yourself. He had donkeys everywhere. He had camels everywhere. He had, he had goods everywhere. He had riches untold. And, and Esau had the opportunity to get twice as much if he just waits till tomorrow. Here's a thought. Go make a bowl of beans for yourself. Go, go, go cook your own grilled cheese. Go do something. Go just wait. You're not starving. You're just hungry. And he didn't stop to think about what it would cost him and how much it would cost him. That was the most expensive bowl of beans that have ever been made in the, the course of history. He exchanges it because he couldn't see past today into tomorrow. And out of that, I, I don't even have time out of that, if you know the story, you also know that out of that, not only did he lose all of that, the result of that was that there was years and years and years of tension and tears and strife and anger and separation to the point that Jacob, who, who steals this from him, has to run and hide and stay separated from his family for years and years and years because of the tension, all because one guy couldn't wait and make a good choice. And oh, by the way, just also want to make this note to you, there's always somebody standing around that will capitalize on your unwillingness to wait. So, so you female graduates, let me just tell you, there's always somebody standing around that will capitalize on your unwillingness to wait. 
Guys, I'm telling you, there's always somebody that will stand around and lead you down a path you don't really want to go if you're not willing to wait. Adults, I'm telling you this morning, there's always somebody assigned to your life by the enemy of our soul that will try to, it's, it's, it's uncanny. They'll show up right at the right time, right when you're the most hungry, right when you're the most needy, right when you're the most vulnerable. It shouldn't surprise you. That's how our enemy works. And they will capitalize on you. And I just want to say to you this morning, it would be really easy to look down on the miller's daughter and it would be easy to make fun of Esau. But my question to you this morning is how many of us have made the same exact exchange this week? You were presented with choices and with no thought or consideration of the long-term consequences you jumped. And you may not pick up the pieces, but your kids will. Your family will have to pick up the pieces. I just want to challenge you this morning to understand that riches today are not worth regret tomorrow. I'm going to say that again. In our society, we need to hear that. Riches today are not worth regrets tomorrow. And I just want to challenge you as a body, and I want to challenge our graduates this morning to understand once again, learn this lesson and learn it well. Life is a series of exchanges. You are exchanging your resources, your body, your time, your energy. And when you make the exchange, you better stop long enough to think about the implications and the, the impact of tomorrow. Because your tomorrow is determined today. And I could ask for a show of hands, and I guarantee you, everybody over the age of 23, let's go one year older, 24. That gives some time to get the five years guys out of college. If I asked for a show of hands and said, how many of you would testify and say, what the pastor's saying is true, learn the lessons, we would all raise our hands. Yeah, I, I didn't ask, but look at the honest folks in the room. They're all going, all the guys, what's up? All the guys are like, yes, sir, <laughs> that's me. Because the women are smarter than, uh, than us, I guess. It, guys make stupid decisions, and then I've made some really good decisions in life. This church is one. My wife is certainly one. I've made some really stupid decisions in life. And can I tell you this morning, don't laugh, Darren, he knows my, he knows me too well. Doug Kim, don't you dare laugh at me. They went to college with me, so they watched me make some stupid decisions. But can I tell you the payout of both are long term? But can I also tell you that the good decision payout is more fun and more enjoyable? So make the stinking right decision as hard as it may be now and as lonely as it may be now and as, 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 as hard as it may be to where you have to wait right now even though you didn't want to now make the right decision now it's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry to find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.